Episode 61, The Rant, Steve Wilson, collegiate basketball official, up-and-coming lax referee, and Massachusetts area assigner. Steve is New England, through and through. In this podcast, he discusses how officiating changed his life, his pursuit to the highest levels of college basketball, his love of cycling, and his experience assigning the largest conglomerate of schools in Massachusetts. All that and more, my conversation with Steve now. The Rant has been brought to you by Roar Organic. Everything your body needs, nothing it doesn't. There's a reason they say variety is the spice of life. And with their new organic line comes the following exciting flavors. Georgia peach, blueberry acai, cucumber watermelon, mango clementine, pineapple mint, strawberry coconut. Ah! Roar Organic uses a proprietary electrolyte blend created with organic coconut water, organic cane sugar, and sea salt. It's non-GMO, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, no artificial colors or flavors, no preservatives, and no artificial sweeteners. Just 2 grams of sugar and only 10 calories per serving. Visit Roar.land and use the code REFEREERANT, one word, in the checkout and receive 10% off your next purchase. That's Roar.land, code REFEREERANT. The Rant has been brought to you by the revolutionary product for referees and all professionals alike, Neat Tucks. What the tuck? Traditional shirt stays have been tried and true, but never accounted for those professionals that have shorts as uniforms. What do you do when you officiate soccer or lacrosse or even basketball in the summer? Don't forget about baseball umpires, too. Enter Neat Tucks, which come in style and active versions. Don't get it twisted. You can even wear them at your 9 to 5, too. Listeners of The Rant can visit neattux.com and enter the coupon code REFEREERANT, one word, and receive 20% off your initial order. That's REFEREERANT, one word. Happy tucking. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref, with a special guest, Division Three men's NCAA official, a signer for the largest high school league in Massachusetts and New England, MSCAO, Steve M. Wilson, Jr. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good tonight, sir. How you doing? I'm doing excellent, man. Game five, they might be wrapping it up. What do you think? Absolutely not. No. Warriors and seven. Well, Warriors and okay. seven. All right, all right. Very controversial. I think I think Kawhi Leonard, when he gets his finals MVP um, interview, he's gonna be like, "I'm already on to the next game." Like that's how much of a cyborg I find him to be. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we will definitely see. <laughs> Welcome to the show, none, nonetheless. Glad to be here. So, thing that I always ask in the beginning, what, what is your relationship with sports growing up? Um, what did you play growing up? What did you play in middle school, high school, college? Um, sports has always been a great love to me. My first sport uh, was track and field in elementary, uh, middle school, and high school. Um, I played, I ran track, I played basketball, I played football, but my first first sport was track and field. Mm. Um I played football in middle school and high school, and then I fell in love with basketball um, eighth grade year, and I never turned back. Mm. And when you say here, you mean in, in the uh, New England area in Boston? Uh, New England and Georgia. Um, I got a state title freshman year in Georgia, Columbus, Georgia, Carver High School. Wow. What, um, what, what events did you do in track and field when you were in high school? Uh, 440 relay. 440-440 relay. Uh, 880 in the mile. Um, did you end up elevating and... Um, Excuse me? Did you end up doing that in college as well? Oh, no, 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 no. Um, I gave track up 
I gave track up high school. Um, I walked on um, Northeastern University playing basketball my freshman year to walk on. Mm. And did you end up playing um, the, the duration of your collegiate career in basketball? I played, I played my, my freshman and sophomore year. That was it. Okay. Um, so growing up, I know you probably didn't have as much interaction in track and field with referees because all they do is just hit the gun and maybe judge you at the end. But um, in terms of football and basketball, what was your relationship with officials when you were a player growing up? I really have to – I didn't really have a, I would say, a, a relationship with officials. Um, I didn't give him a hard time, that's for sure. Um, there was two officials that I was pretty close to um, growing up in Boston and playing in Boston public schools. But they was just such good guys and guys from the community. You know, I didn't really see them as referees. I just seen them like, you know, the OG in the neighborhood. Mm. You know, so. Um, but knowing what I know now, I wish I could turn the the time you know, and I probably had a better career knowing that I know about about refereeing and, and, and officiating. Right. Yeah, we always say that. So um, from segueing from being um, somebody that's an athlete, how did you uh, even get into officiating? Um, I got into officiating real, it was funny, um, like a good friend of mine, like an older brother, mentor, he just said one time, um, he told me I'd be good at it. He was doing it. He's one of the top officials in New England, in, um, in my opinion. He's also on my referee board, my own um, referee board that I have. And he's one of my clinicians. He said, bro, you'd be good at it. Um, you know, all of us in law enforcement are very good at it. You should take the test. I was like, I don't think so. So he kept telling me, he kept telling me. He gave me some old books for eyeball. I read a couple of things. I wouldn't take the test. And uh, the first time I took the test, I actually failed. Mm. I hope I hope I helped everybody in the class pass, but I didn't pass. So it was kind of crazy. So after that point, I was like, you know what? I'm done. I don't want to do it no more. He stayed on me. I went and took the test the next year. Um, I got all the questions correct, perfect score, and the rest is history. Mm. Do you remember your first experience officiating? Oh yeah, of course. Let's hear that story. Um, here in, in the greater Boston area, after you pass the test for the eyeball, the written test, they have you do a floor test. You don't, you really can't fail the floor test. They don't tell you that, though. So um, basically, it was a CYO girls game, like fifth grade. And um, you have to go out there and do your thing. And um, I, was, I was probably one of the calmest pers- people in the group that were taking the test that year. You know, I wasn't that good at anything, but I was very calm. So, you know, the guy, my mentor, the person I was shadowing, said, you know, that's the biggest thing. Just be confident and calm, and you got it. He said everything else will, uh, will come. And um, he's a D3 official. I'm a D3 official now, so mm. it's crazy how you no know, time flies. Yeah, and how long ago was that? Six years. Wow. So there comes a point in time where, um, you know, in the beginning, you're trying to find your footing and, and, and see where you, you fit in and, and where's the place that can give you the maximum amount of repetition. But then there comes a point in time where you start taking it serious, serious. What was that moment for you? Um, I would say John Gaffney's camp. 
around three years ago, I went to John Gaffney's camp, and um, John Gaffney's a Division One official in the uh, Boston area. Great, one of the best officials in the country, but he's a better person. Mm. So um, when I went to his camp the first year, I don't know if you remember the TBT. The TBT started in Boston, the basketball tournament. So John Gaffney was working that. So he was like, you know, he told me on the down low, you know, I'm doing the tournament after the camp, come up, meet some guys, learn some things. So, you know, I stayed, went up, and I said, "Um, how much you getting? You mad me asking, what does this pay, John? He said, oh, this is chump change. It's $1,200. I said, what? So... After seeing him get the twelve hundred dollar check, he showed me the check. I stopped taking it real serious. Mm. So, what were the steps that you needed to take after you did take it serious? Did you change your methods? Did you start? Um, it was everything. Around? My it was mindset. Getting the book. Um, biggest thing for me was just you know diet and getting in shape. So I just you know just thought of myself as a complete athlete, like I was playing basketball again, mm. and. Um, that's when the diet came back, you know, they're, they're getting in the gym. And like I told you before, I became a, a real crazy avid cyclist. Mm. You know, I do 100 plus miles a week. So all that just came into play. Um, I was already pretty connected in the basketball community. So with that being said, this door start open and I start walking through them. Mm. So aside from the people that you already mentioned before, discuss your other mentors. And you could also elaborate on the ones that you spoke on. Uh, what do you think they've done for your career so far? And how do you think they've shaped the way you have helped people after you? Um, I've been blessed with a very strong um, group of guys around me, guys and women, that helped me, you know, become the man I am and the basketball official. Um, number one, like I said before, Steve Pollitt, he's the one that told me to take the test. When I failed the test, he told me to take it again. He was and he stayed on me, and one and to this day, he's still is somebody that I look up to, and he's still one of the best high school officials in New England. Um, after Steve Pollard, I met a guy named Dave McLaren. That's a signer too, and just watching this guy Dave McLaren ref and his physique, and his demeanor, and how smooth he was, how calm, how smooth, and nothing got him, you know, upset. I was like, who is this guy? So from me meeting him, him giving me games, to me learning so much from him, to him, for us to be like brothers today and business partners. And um, we're like two of the biggest signers in the Boston area. With me doing high school and men's leagues and him doing AAU, just a beautiful thing. Mm. Um, so after meeting Dave, I continue to get better and better and better. I met another guy. Um, Joe White. Joe White is one of the only guys in the Boston area that's an NCAA official that worked the men's and women's side. That's almost unheard of. And that's how good he is. Wow. So um, Joe knows the book like he knows his name. And he's a constant, constant professional. I mean, this guy is so professional, it it makes no sense. Um, Always clean cut, always ready to go. Um, yes, sir. No, sir. Shakes your hand. Just a great person, but better official and better man. And uh, for me and Joe White, 
Um, I met through Joe White. I met John Williams, NCAA D1 official. And um, John actually offered me my first college contract, and I declined it. Not being big, I just told John I, I, I wasn't interested in doing women's. I want to do the men's side. Mm. And, uh, and the same thing with John, just another guy, just smooth and silky. Um, nothing gets him upset. Nothing gets him mad. I seen him just talk and de-escalate some of the craziest situations where I know I would have got upset and gave someone a tea. Just John is not to talk to people. And then finally, finally, the last two that really helped me to come to the place where I met, um, Ronnie Nunn and Alexis Burton. Um, I'll, I'll talk about Alexis first because everyone knows who Ronnie Nunn is. Um, Alexis is a Division II women's official out of Houston, Texas. And she's one of the best officials, I think, on the planet. Um, knowing the book, knowing mechanics, knowing where to be. Um, she really forced me to really work on my game. When I thought I was at a certain point, she showed me that I really suck and I really got to get back in the lab and, and, and sharpen my skills. And she's on me every day and every week. We talk every day. And um, when you have somebody like that in your corner, you can't help to be become better. Mm, and, um, yeah, she's amazing. And she's definitely... Um, any of these people I'm talking about would be great to talk on your uh, on your pod, podcast. And last but not least, the living legend himself, uh, Ronnie Nunn. Um, I, my, my stat is that I'm a better person and a better man for meeting Ronnie Nunn, not just a better basketball official. Um, I've learned so much from talking on the phone with him, texting him, um, going to this kid's camp the last three years, which we're going again this summer. Um, anyone listening, if you want to be a better basketball official and you want to be a better person, you should go to Ronnie Nunn's camp in July in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. Nonebetterrefs.com. I don't get any money for this. I'm just telling you, the guy is top-notch. There's no one better. There's no one who's going to give you more information. There's no one going to break down plays for you. Um, and not only that, this man came all the way to Boston to my high school final. He stayed the both girls and boys critiqued all six officials and gave them a breakdown. Now, you can't, that's unheard of. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, that's that's unheard of. So, for him to do that, it just shows you the type of person he is. And um, he's a great mentor and, and, and also a father figure. And uh, that's my list of my mentors and people that got me in the game and got me where I'm at and will and could got me to continue to grow and trying to be better, which I will become better. That sounds amazing. But so how do you think uh, the experience of all of those people that have touched you so far in your officiating career help you speak to younger guys that, and younger women that, that now aspire and, and start taking it serious as, as you did at the John Gaffney camp? Well, it, it gives me the aspect to speak and talk to, to any official on, on any level and, and, and let them know how beautiful the art form of officiating is and how can it, it can change your life. Not just monetary, but the people you meet, 
the places you go, um, and and the, and the way it just makes you a better person. You know, like I, I haven't been in this type of shape since I was playing college basketball. Mm. Um, I haven't been this this type of shape, you know, since I had that that drive and that that animal in my chest to say I want to be better. Now I want to be just. It's the same thing. I've just switched into, you know, officiating, and I got all this from this group of people. And I take this information, everything I learn, and I bring it to my staff and I bring it to younger officials to say, if you want to be great and you want to work hard and you want to listen and you want to stay humble, the world is yours and officiate. The world is yours. So another branch of, um, you know, everything you do is assigning. And, you know, since you've been only officiating six years, that means somebody must have picked you out and, and saw that you were highly organized and highly um, ready for the task. Um, having said that, how did you even get into assigning? Um, I've been actually assigning for four. I've been reference for six years, assigning for four. Um, a good friend of mine, you know, had the position. He said it out loud. I heard him. I said, I can do it. Um, they, wasn't, they wasn't happy with their two assignments. So I said that I can do the whole job, you know, by myself. Um, I, I didn't know how crazy of an animal it was, um, but you, you know. But now I, I've I've mastered it. Mm. But um, it, it it took me seven. It took me seven days a week, four years straight to master it. Wow. Assigning is not something you do and you and you put down. Um, I signed 12 months out of the year, seven days a week. And it never stops. Oh. And for those for those people that are listening, that got problem with their signers and, and, and talk bad about assigners, they have no clue about what it takes to be a signer and what a signer job has to do. And most assigners are working for pennies, on, on, pennies on the hour. So be more, um, be more aware of that when you open your mouth in a negative way about anyone that you work for, mm-hmm. and be grateful that that person wants to give you games and wants to hire you because they don't have to. Aside from saying that, do you find it to be a fulfilling position? It's fulfilling when. I got a guy right now, and I know he's going to listen to this when you put it up or send the link. Um, One of my top guys I'm really proud of that came from nowhere. He used to play basketball, and he he took the test, and he was just doing AAU. He wasn't even caring. He came from there to being one of the top guys on my 400-plus roster of people that work for me, Steve Verde. And to see him grow and become a better person, a better man, and one hell of an official, that's what a signing's about for me. And all the other stuff that I've took from a signing, from friends I don't have anymore, from people that used to, I used to call friends and family, we don't even speak in the street. It's all worth it to see people like Steve Verde move on and be great. Mm. Um, I know we talked about this off air, and I, I know that you dabble a little into lacrosse. Um, do you plan on elevating yeah, yeah. as you did in basketball with lacrosse? and? Also, would you ever consider officiating another sport? And if you would, well, what would that sport be? 
I'm gonna definitely get do football. Um, I think football I I could put in what I put in basketball. I don't see me putting that into lacrosse. Mm. Um, not right now, anyway. But football, yes. I got more of a love for football. For me, I gotta I gotta love something for me to put that extra into it. My first love was basketball, and I'm still in love with basketball. So me putting hours and hours into basketball, you know, it's easy for me. And that's the only way I could do something. In terms of athletic training and officiating, what are your plans for uh, this upcoming summer? Um, athletic plans meaning what? Working out? or Yeah, you're just going to be biking the whole time, and, and what are you going to be doing in terms of uh, improving your, your craft of uh, officiating? Um, my... my... I mean, we we never stop working out. Tuesdays and Thursdays, four o'clock, we in the gym with my um, personal trainer and physical therapist. He, he's one all in one. Shout out to Mike Wilkins. Um, Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays we on the bike. Saturdays and Sundays, um, I uh, assigned in one of the best leagues in New England, the church, the church league. That's what we call it, the CLBO, Church League Basketball Organization. So we're always working on our craft. It's all three-person. It's all NCAA rules. So we're always staying sharp. We're in the gym. We're on the bike. We're eating right. And, you know, when you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Mm. That sounds like good plans. Um, are you attending any camps at all? Of course. Um, I already went to two of the guys' camps that I worked to. I worked for Larry Lass, Mike Stevens. I will be turn, um, attending both of their camps, mandatory um, I'm going to the ACC Big Boy, July 10th to the 12th in Atlantic City. Uh, we'll be going to Ronnie Nunn's camp, and I got something in August. I got I'm going to as well, but I'm not going to speak on that. Mm. So you got a busy summer for sure. Yes, sir, for sure. So after everything that you have said, and um, you know, it sounds like you are, you know, deeply invested the way I am. Um, everything that you said, what do you think of the attributes? What do you think it took to get to where you are currently as an official and as an assigner? Um, the number one attribute is being never give up. You can't give up, period. You can't stop. You have to always keep the legs moving forward. If you can't do that, you can't be a signer and you can't be a basketball player. You can't give up. You know, you might have a bad game, you might get an injury, you might miss a call, but you got to keep pushing, you got to keep going, you got to keep moving, you got to keep trying to be get better and better. Even though you might get older, you can still get better and better. And I tell a lot of people, age is nothing but a number. If you treat your body right, you eat right, and you're in that weight room, um, it, it, it's still there. But you, you got to be, you just got to persevere. You got to have perseverance in this game. Because um, as much as I love officiating, it's also one of the nastiest, filthiest games I got into as well. So as as good as it is on one end, it's just as bad on the other. Mm. <laughs> you know, I, I said one time, it's officiating, it's like game warfare, you know? Got to choose your side and who you with. Mm. Um, what do you think it's going to take to get to where do you want to go and ultimately where do you want to go in the game of officiating? Uh, D1, then NBA. It's going to take um, hard work. It's going to take 
like I said, not giving up, perseverance. And it's, it's going to take me being better than I am, and you got to be damn good to get to those levels. Yes, you do. Um, especially coming out the New England area, you know, we got more officials in New England area anywhere else in the country. Mm. And not just not just more, but damn good. Mm. You know, when you can say you got Mike Stevens that live in, in your area, you got John Gaffney that lives in your era, area, you know, you got to be good. Mm. You know, some, 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 these, these are the guys that get Final Fours um, in the championships. Um, and then the New England area is just loaded. I can just list so many more. Um, so you got to be good around here. And there's no way around it. Describe the stickiest situation that you have ever had in officiating and also describe the stickiest situation that you've ever had in assigning. Um, I would say, like I said before, when I, I typed all this up and I sent it to you and you told me not to type it anyway, <laughs> but mm, mm. It, it's working with two guys that hate me and I hated them. Wow. Did you, um, did you get through the game? <laughs> it was one of the best games I've ever had. Wow. Really? Did y'all bring the I best mean, out of I, each other? I, I, we did. Wow. Um, we, we, we didn't speak. We didn't communicate. Um, we got there. We did our job, and we went home. And I think it was one of the best games I've ever had, um, blowing the whistle. Do you think that they would agree with uh, your sentiment coming from their side? I, I think I think at the same side, they would agree. And I think they both had the best games I ever, I ever seen them do. Mm. I mean, they both had a hell of a game. They, they both called a hell of a game. I don't think neither one of them missed, missed the call. Did y'all acknowledge each other of having a good game afterwards? Absolutely not. <laughs> That sounds sticky as hell, man. Um, and I'm just getting to that point where um, people you don't really get along with, you still work with them. It's um, it's an interesting dynamic, but still needs to get done. Still needs to be handled professionally, right? You better believe it. Um, what, believe it. what is your stickiest situation so far in assigning? That's an easy one. For every Friday night, 6 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> And worst case that you, if 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 nobody around, you got to go up in there. Every Friday at six o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't be everywhere, and I got too many schools. Right. Describe the best moment that you've ever had in a signing, and what is your best moment thus far in your officiating career? Um. I already said it. Ronnie Nunn coming to the, my uh, my finals at UMass Boston in uh, February. That was the best assigning moment I ever had in my life. Mm. And I told people that he was coming, and they laughed at me. And when he walked through that door, I mean, he, he nothing to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> hey, I saw the Instagram pictures. Um, and what, yeah. what, nothing, what is, nothing to talk about. What is your best moment um, in assigning? Best morning officiating. Um, Getting hired by Mike Stevens. Mm. That 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 meant the world to me. For somebody on his on on the level that he is, he's on the top of the mountain, looking down on everyone. And for him to say that I'm that good to be hired, 
and I'm working for him on the staff, and I'm, you know, that's that means a lot to me. Mm. Well, and it uh, continues to be, it, it continues to be a lot. Say that I'm on this staff. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And you know, on behalf of Referee Rant, I appreciate your contributions in the New England area of of basketball. It sounds like you have a nice, well oiled machine. Um, continued success on your own career. Um, I believe that you will elevate to that level, especially with your type of perseverance. Um, is there any final words that you want to say before we part ways? Um, first of all, I want to say thank you very much for the opportunity to be on your podcast and your website. You're doing amazing things and um, keep up the good work. This is needed. Um, the world of officiating and refereeing and what we do is an art form no one can really understand unless you're in it. And I'm glad that you're putting light on, you know, the men and women that, you know, do this day in and day out on a yearly basis. Yeah, that makes me feel good that you feel that way. And it's people like you that uh, make me want to continue to keep going because I feel like I'm on the right path with all of this stuff. And, you know, hopefully uh, we could we could start aligning and then and then hopefully you can contribute in terms of some of the writing pieces that I want. Um, I know you got a lot of good ideas, and I would love to uh, share that with the rest of the officiating community, if that's okay with you. I, 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 I love sharing. I love sharing. I got a whole bunch of ideas. Great. And we'll talk about that off air. But for uh, Steve M. Wilson, Jr., this is Ralph the Ref. This is The Rant signing out. Peace.